Welcome to the Improved Photography Podcast. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. Make it a reality with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website. Showcase your work, your blog, or publish content, even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. With 24-7 award-winning customer support, you can customize everything from look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. And there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Head over to squarespace.com improve for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code improve to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey guys, this is Brian McGuckin. I get the honor of being the host today, and with me is the fabulous Erica Kay and Connor Hibbs. Hey guys. Hey. hey. How I, are you I feel doing? doing well. Doing well. I feel special because you guys always get the pleasure of of hosting with each other, and now this time the three of us are together. Yeah. yeah. It's like a gift. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Uh, fun fun way to throw a wrench into the rhythms there you go well that, that sounds a bit worse so this episode <laughs> this episode is going to be i guess if we try to summarize it in one word it's going to be about reflections and part of the reason why it's about reflections is because i've been reflecting a lot lately just in my life as i am in my 40s and uh <laughs> i won't say the exact age 43 uh, <laughs> but also because something from my past is coming back that i'm excited about and it is the thoughts on photography podcast so yeah if you have been listening to the improved photography network for a while one of the first branches off of it was thoughts on photography that i used to host and i guess it's kind of weird if you if you go and listen to the thoughts on photography podcast you'll actually notice there's somebody else's voice for a long time and then i took over and it was really good it has some great interviews with some people doing some crazy things such as rooftoping where they were climbing to the top of the skyscrapers and getting pictures and uh, some NFL That's photographers. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> and just all, all these crazy different uh, ideas and topics. And then we stopped and we took a break for a couple years, but I'm excited that it is going to be coming back in the near future. That's awesome. That's, yeah. Super awesome. I'm still subscribed on my podcast app, so I'm just waiting for that notification to come up. Awesome. And, and, and Erica is doing it right now. And so are the rest of the listeners, I hope. Yes. Oh, of course. Right. Actually, you know what? I, I'm going to be honest. This is not the type of podcast that's for everybody. Uh, I won't be talking about a lot of the uh, geeky terminology and the gear stuff because that's just not my strength. That's why we have Jeff Harmon in our group. Um, <laughs> but to me, it's more so about where kind of photography just began for everybody. And that's with the, the heart of the stories. So a, a handful of interviews with some people about how they're using photography all around the world. So I'm excited, but this is not that episode. So nope. Reflections. We're going to talk a little bit just about ourselves and share some of our thoughts and, and our feelings and we'll have a happy time together. <laughs> yeah. So sweet. 
Yes. So one of the things that I just want to jump in with is, and we're going to actually turn this into like an argument, I think. I'm excited for how this might <laughs> Probably. turn out. Probably. Most likely. So thinking about uh, beginners, you know, I've thinking, been thinking lately about why some beginners improve a lot and why some just don't. And so I want to know from you guys, Connor and Erica, I'm going to give you three topics, okay? And I want to know which one you think, in your opinion, that a beginner photographer should focus on the most in order to show the biggest amount of improvement. So here are your choices. Should they focus on understanding light, understanding composition, or understanding camera settings? Connor, what do you think? This is this is a, a good question. Are we putting these in order of no, you're most importance pick, to least importance? Or nope, you're going to pick um, which one you feel makes the biggest improvements. The the biggest that is outrageous. See, uh, okay, it, here's my thing: is I think that all three of those are super important so to focus important. on. Um, but I, so I, I'm I'm going to just override what you said, and I'm going to put them in order. I think that the first <laughs> thing you need to obsess over is your camera settings, then light, then composition. Okay, um, stop. No, no, no. Don't, <laughs> say, don't say anymore. <laughs> okay. Okay. Eric, okay. welcome back. Welcome back. You just breathe right, for a second. Right. <laughs> Erica, what do you think? I agree with Connor. No. <laughs> See, that's the problem. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> On portrait sessions, you guys agree all the time. No, I want you to disagree. Ugh, fine, light. So you think light. <laughs> yes. All right. So there. So we have Erica's choosing light and Connor is choosing camera settings. Yes. And I want you, you guys. What's that? Oh, you can't get out of this. What about you? No, no. I'm the judge. I'm like, <laughs> oh, the, okay. I'm like the referee. I get to start the fights and just watch them happen. So I have to fight so with Connor now. I know. So I know, what it's you're saying is great. that Erica and I have to argue and she has to argue for a point that she doesn't even believe. Exactly. I well, I did. I'll argue for light. I love right. lighting. Well, you I, know what? I was going to actually flip the topics on you guys and make okay. you talk about the other one. Oh, oh okay. okay. Well, but now I'll you, argue for light then. You're well, such a teacher, Brian. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> such a teacher okay, so, so then Connor, so then you have light and Erica, okay. you have camera settings. All right. Okay. So who wants to go first? Opening statements here. Yes. Erica, really? I'm going to make you go first. I really feel like I needed to prepare for this. I needed to like <laughs> write down my thoughts and have my notebook ready to go. And I did not. Do we do have that. a timer going? And <laughs> we have moments for rebuttal. And just it's, it's not that official. It's just I, I thought okay. it would be entertaining to listen to you to disagree with each other. <laughs> well, I have to say that I'm not much. I'm definitely more of a lover than a fighter. So um, while I have no problem making my point, I'm not going to fight with you, Connor. So you'll probably <laughs> win this debate anyway. <laughs> okay, so I'm going first. Okay, camera settings. Um, I feel like camera settings are the most important thing to master first because without knowing your camera and its settings, you're not going to be able to control the light. You're not going to be able to really control anything that you're doing with your photo. So you need to make sure that you're understanding how to set your camera to capture the, the thing that you're envisioning or the environment that you're envisioning. Okay. That's, I, I, I think that's a solid argument there. The one thing that I will argue against and say that light is the most important is because if you understand the way that light falls on a subject and the way that um, 
that light can make something more or less beautiful by being more or less flattering. Um, I think that you're going to set yourself up for getting better shots right off the bat. And that's something that at least to start with, if you're taking kind of uh, middle of the road exposures, automatic settings are going to do a pretty solid job for you already. So camera settings are definitely important, but having an understanding of how light works and ways to flatter or, or way to ways to avoid the unflattering things in your subject is going to be more more important for getting good shots. But the question here is how to improve, right? How to make yeah. sure that you have the, the biggest improvement in your photography. So while yes, putting your camera on auto will will let, allow you to, you know, create a decent photo, it's not going to let you get super creative if you if you don't understand how to control your settings to control that light that's so beautiful that that you have set that's, up. So That is true. But this is not a discussion about what will make you the best creative photographer. It's about how you can improve more. So I say, still, light is going to really help you a lot more. And just dealing with auto settings, yeah, you're not going to be as creative because you can't do um, creative under or over exposing of things or making sure that things that are all supposed to be dark are dark. Um, but having an understanding of light is really going to be your key to success in improving your photography quickly is creativity not a sign of improvement that that's an aspect of improvement but i don't think that that's solely on its own the the benchmark that we should be measuring improvement with okay i agree with that <laughs> oh yeah this was good i was i was eating my popcorn i was i was being entertained and you just you threw in the towel erica <laughs> All right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Brian, where, where, where do you sit on this? I, I want to hear, I know that you're the judge, but I want to hear some of your thoughts about this. Composition. Okay. Are you for composition then? <laughs> no, I will answer your question in a minute because you're not done. Because you're the oh, winner okay. <laughs> and Erica threw in the towel, now you need to explain why composition is actually the most important. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so that, glad I threw in the towel. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry erica we're not done with you yet ah. oh man this is now this is actually really hard because i think that composition is super important and paying attention to um the way that all of the elements in your image interact is really it, it, it's it's an important factor to pay attention to but it seems to me that you kind of already need to have an understanding of the other two to really be able to master composition. I think that you have to understand how to make your subject look as flattering as possible in light and how to creatively set your camera to um, set yourself up for the best exposure. And after you have those things, then you need composition. So I just refuted my own argument there <laughs> if I'm trying to argue for composition. Um, Composition is the most important because without it, you're taking pictures of your shoes and Who you cares? have to pay attention to subjects that are in your frame first and know how to frame them in order to start looking at light and then making arguments for uh, I, I'm losing it. I'm losing <laughs> no, it. You, you, you were doing well. You were doing well. Okay. Okay. So, well, here's a question then. Do you feel that is there any other category other than these three that stands out to you? Like, well, this one should also be in here. In addition Ooh. to light composition and camera settings, like, would you say, oh yeah, well, this one should also be included. I mean, 
having an understanding of there's so many things because composition kind of leads to um, color theory, which is really important. And all of these are going to be for naught if you have absolutely no understanding of any of your post processing mm-hmm. processing side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that there are a lot of other elements that are really important. But realistically, if you can start understanding these three, um, you could still shoot in JPEG, and not do any kind of processing whatsoever, and still be walking away with really good shots if you understand those and and have mastered them well um but i think that learning is not something that we need to choose any individual area to to learn i think that um taking lots of little bites of a bunch of different areas are is really the best way to improve and ultimately i think that Improvement comes from practice and just repetition and doing things, and that's how you learn all of these different things together, is you you just shoot more and more, and then you'll pick up, oh, you know what, the composition is off on this, or my camera settings weren't quite right, and I was underexposing everything, or the light in this one looks bad, and you're going to kind of notice all three of those things, plus um, a plethora of other things, just by going out and doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, if we were to take these three and put them in order of you walk into a room and you're going to do a shoot which order do you pay attention to and i i think we might all my guess is that all three of us would say the same order but maybe not so that would be interesting (laughs) so erica you go first you walk into a room which what would be the order of these three when you're about to do a shoot light composition camera settings Ooh, interesting. I would not I disagree, disagree with that. that. Yeah. So since I, I, I'll, I'll voice mine since I've been quiet yeah, yeah, for a while. Yeah, please do. I would say when I walk into a room, the first thing I do think about is the light. And then after that, I think, okay, what do my camera settings need to be? And then the composition of whatever it is I'm shooting. See, uh, for, for me, it really it depends on the style of shooting. Because if I'm, if I'm lighting, if I'm doing stuff in studio where I'm building all of my light, from scratch, lighting has to come really early. Um, or lighting can kind of come in at any time. I, I want to think of composition first and then bring in light. However, if I walk into a room and I'm going to shoot something with ambient light, I have to look at the light first and then consider what composition I can work from based on the ambient light that I have. And then I would set my camera settings to that. Yeah. I would say camera settings always comes last for me, though. Yeah, me too. And that's the thing. You know, if we were just walking into a room and trying to evaluate the situation and going to take a shot with your ambient light, that's what I was answering my question on. But I think you're right in that point, Connor, is if you're bringing your own light and you're manipulating the light and, you know, able to create whatever it is that you want, then composition's probably going to be first. And then you can yeah. add in the light to make the photo look the way you want it to look. Absolutely. All right. So I, th- I think it's really just a matter of um, what the si- it's, it's going to change from situation to situation and what equipment you're using. All right, that's good, good. And that was a good argument. It was nice to hear you guys kind of going at each other a little bit, but coming back together peacefully. Well done. (laughs) I still love you, Connor. Oh, yeah, I know. You're just, you adore me. You're pretty cool too, I guess. Thanks. Okay, okay, now come on, let's go back to the conversation now. So, Connor. You're adorable too, Brian. uh, Thank you. See, now here, we can talk about me for a second. That's good. (laughs) 
right. Now, Connor, I, I kind of expected your answer to be light as one of the first things you say, because I see a lot of that in your photos with all yeah. the portraits you've been doing where you're paying such close attention to the details of light. So that transitions into my next question, which deals with kind of knowing yourself as a photographer. Uh, Connor, we'll have you go first. What would you say are your strengths as a photographer as well as your weaknesses for you? Oh, man. This is, um, I mean, I think that anybody that's at all familiar with anything that I talk about in photography or any of my work, um, I think we can all agree that my strongest strength is lighting. I, I would say that I'm honestly a pretty middle-of-the-road, not super creative photographer. Um, but I would say when it comes to lighting, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. I have a pretty strong mastery of that. Um, as far as weaknesses, uh, I have a tendency to shoot the same things over and over. I, I like having myself in areas that feel comfortable and right. Um, I also think that when it comes to, to shooting anything ambient light, whether it be landscapes, um, portraits, or whatever, I, I, I just kind of, I, I do fine. I master the technical stuff pretty easily, but I think that a lot of my shots look really uninspired and I've don't have the strongest grasp of say with portraits getting candid moments because I'm so focused on um, wanting to build a moment that I kind of miss some of the things that happen organically and naturally. Um, so I, I'm bad at being in the moment when I'm shooting. Mm -hmm. That's that's good that you know that and you're reflective on that. What do you think? Like, are you like, yeah, that's just something that's never going to change about me? Or how do you think you could fix that? Um, you know, I, I think that it's just something that if when I'm in those situations um, where the candid moments are the most important thing for me to be capturing, I just try to force myself to pay more attention to that. Um, I try and I, I'm, I'm a control freak, so I want to be able to set everything up exactly the way that I want to. So sometimes it's just being conscientious of the fact that, hey, like this is a wedding. I can't do that right now. I have to let people be people and find those moments that are happening organically. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think it's, it's partially just patience and just being a little bit more cognizant of all of the things around me, not just looking straight through my viewfinder. Um, did I answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, just it's, it's more of an awareness. And I think that awareness is something that you have to practice. You know, when, yeah, I, when I'm shooting a wedding or an event too, I'm also thinking, Oh, I need, to, I need some candids. I need some candids. I need to, you know, get more natural shots, not just the checklist that's in my head. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and, and as far as the other thing that I said about, um, being, I, I like being in my comfort zone. I think that that's just more of a matter of trying to set up situations where I'm shooting things that are intentionally outside of my comfort zone. Um, I do little bits and bobs of things where it's like, okay, I don't know how to do this and let's experiment with that. But ultimately the overall look of the work that I do ends up being kind of the same. And right now I'm in the middle of, um, the planning stages of a project that is going to be massive. And the whole idea of it is to kind of shake myself out of my comfort zone with every project and put myself entirely in foreign areas instead of, um, only just little bits. So that's my answer for that part of that. Good. Good. Erica, what about you? What are your strengths and weaknesses? So I'm actually going to use the same word as both a strength and a weakness. And, that word is creativity. So I 
it's kind of hard to differentiate here. So <laughs> as a strength, I am actually a really creative photographer. I do a lot of creative shoots at my studio that most of them are just kind of for fun, um, you know, collaborating with other vendors or other people in the area. And I have some really awesome creative work that I hardly ever show anybody. It's like, it's on our walls here in the studio, but it's not, I don't really post it on social media or anything very often, which is, I don't really know why I don't do that. I need to do that. Um, so in that aspect, I feel like I, that is a strength of mine. On the other hand, it's a weakness because I don't feel like I'm a very creative person when I'm working and when I'm being <laughs> paid to, to, you know, to be photograph. creative. Yeah, exactly. So like, for example, at weddings, I can usually pull off, you know, one or two creative shots out of a whole eight, 10, 12 hour wedding. But the rest of it is just like you guys were talking about it a minute ago. It's just the shots. It's just the things that you're seeing and the, and the, the shot list and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like when I'm being paid to create, I, I kind of lose that, that uh, sense of creativity or, you know, my, my mind just doesn't work in that way when I, when I know that somebody is paying me or when I'm on a time crunch or something like that. So do, do you feel like that's because of just the, the pressure of wanting to make sure that you execute stuff that you know is going to work? Or is it just that you're in the mindset of I'm, I'm here doing the stuff that I know I, I know how to do. So you just don't, it, is it more of a mindset thing or more of a, um, a pressure to not to make sure that you're getting it right. I think it, I don't know if that's Yeah, I understand your question. Um, I think yeah. it's a little bit of both because oftentimes, especially on the shorter weddings, like the eight-hour weddings, it's a matter of I just don't have time to think creatively about this. I just have to get what I was hired to get. But even yeah. on, the, on the long weddings, most of the time, if I find myself with some extra time to be able to kind of come up with a plan or creative plan, I, I have like a, a brain freeze. You know, I get the equivalent of writer's block or something, and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm <laughs> so uh, so yeah I need to definitely need to get better about that and whether that is planning in advance and like really taking the time to sit down and draw up some creative plans for that specific wedding venue whatever so that I don't have to think about it on the spot or something I don't know but I definitely need to improve on that for sure hmm. that's that's good I like how it's the same thing both your strength and your weakness for me, what what are your answers for this, Ryan? For me, I, I think my strength really doesn't have. Well, I I think my strength for me deals with relationships. I just I love people and I love talking with people. And the one thing that I consistently hear after, whether it's weddings or family portraits or whatever, is just how comfortable I made the people feel and how real yeah. and how relaxed they felt during the day and how they were nervous ahead of time. But you know, I, I helped them feel comfortable and relaxed. So uh, I think that's a strength in a way. But also, I think my ability to, um, I guess, figure stuff out or try to make something happen. Like uh, sometimes I kind of get an idea for something and it doesn't work out. And then sometimes I'll come up with a, a better idea off of that. Like my daughter uh, this winter wanted to try a whole bunch of different creative portraits and I've never done them before. And so she's like, oh, let's do this one where I'm like throwing flower in the air. And we tried I it. I loved those by the way. <laughs> well, thanks. We tried it, I just was exploring with with light because you know Connor's awesome at it and I suck <laughs> so I we went to the alley and I put up some flashes and we tried her thing and it just it didn't work but I was able to figure something out and I loved the the result so yeah 
I, I think that's a strength of mine where I kind of do the best I can with what I have and some, sometimes it works, which is nice. I don't know, like, well, especially you did, didn't you do two variations of that? You did one and then was it a few days later or something? You did something else with your daughter? The first, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the first yeah. one was she wanted to blow snow off her hands. Oh, okay, yeah, that was it. So and that's then, what that was. That was a totally different one where um, during the winter she just wanted to, you know, blow in her hands and have the snow go off. Uh, the yeah. second one was she wanted to color some flour and then throw the colored flour in the air. Throwing it in the air. Yeah, yeah. and we struggled with that because the colors really didn't show up much. Um, but before we actually did the color, I said, well, let's just try it with white flour first. And yeah. that's the one of her tossing it and kind of bending backwards which I loved. I, I, I mean, you're, you're talking about feeling like you had to compensate or um, figure out things in a pinch, but um, something that I thought was interesting about that is that you, you described the fact that you were trying to figure something out, but really the shots I thought were really beautiful. And it, it seemed like you definitely, um, maybe a strength of yours is sticking to a thing and like really working out the problems. Um, mm-hmm. Because, because really, I mean, you, you described in your captions on them that we, she asked to do this. So I was trying to figure out ways to do it, but the results were, you did the thing that she asked for and they ended up looking really beautiful. So, um, yeah, maybe I'm going to throw that in your strengths, even though I don't know if that's true. I'll, I'll take that as a compliment and we'll just say, yes, that's very, very true. (laughs) All right. At the same time, I guess that's almost similar to a weakness I have. Um, a weakness is sometimes I want to get the shot and then I get the shot and I feel like I missed out on so many others. Uh, two yeah. weeks ago, we were in Washington, D.C., and I love getting shots of the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument in that area. And, and I got the typical shots that everybody's seen. And part of it was I had my family with me, so I was limited on time and patience. But um, I came back and I just was looking through some hashtags of other people's shots. And I was like, it just took my breath away. I was like, oh, man, I suck. I totally missed <laughs> the creativity that was there that I could have took, taken advantage of and totally just blew it. So I think that's a weakness sometime is I don't spend enough time thinking more like when I'm there on the spot, I guess, you know, when you've got a wedding or, or event or families, you've got to just keep moving. But this was more of like a street photography and landscape photography where I could have put more effort into being creative and I failed in my opinion. I got some decent shots and they still turned out nice, but they weren't what I wish I was able to produce. Is, is it more just that they, they felt like the obvious shot or um, is it just that like you just felt like that was all you wanted to shoot and you, you moved on from that? Uh, like, is it, is it really the lack of creativity that you feel like you have in your work or where am I going with this? Well, I did the obvious shots and I think yeah. had I, I think sometimes I need more inspiration for the creativity. Like sometimes I'll see something and I'm like, okay, I'm going to adapt it and do it my own way. But on this trip, I just, I didn't see anything other than my wife and kids ready to be done. So maybe that, that's it. That's <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to say that. And, and do you feel like uh, maybe part of that is also time pressures? Uh, like just... I only have so much time here, so I'm going to take the shot that I know I can get instead of exploring around. Um, 
Like, do you feel like if you had all the time in the world, you would have still walked away feeling that way? I do think I would have still walked away feeling that way because I've, I've been there before and I, it's yeah. like I took some of the shots that I already had and I just wanted to get them again and it was quicker, but then I didn't go past it. But yeah. anyways, we could sit here and talk forever about what I missed, <laughs> but uh, we're going to pause for a second and we'll be back after word from our following sponsor. Okay, thank you. We are back now, and we've been doing a lot of reflecting about uh, just kind of knowing ourselves, our strengths, and knowing our, our weaknesses. Uh, I just I want to think again uh, for a second about just you know if you look at the history of who you are as a photographer, whether it's Connor and Erica that I'm talking to, or those you're just listening. I think there are stages of our photography. There's kind of who we were when we first began, who we are now, and then who we want to be as a photographer. So uh, my first question, I guess, will go to, uh, to Erica is, Erica, when you first started your photography, whether you want to talk about your business or just the shooting you did, what were you known for when you first began? So like if someone said, oh yeah, Erica K, she's the photographer who, fill in the blank. When I first began, nothing. (laughs) I wasn't known for anything. Uh, But if I, I guess if I'm I'm thinking about like when I first began my business, I would respond with the way that I operated my business and the way that I treated my clients. Because I mean, my photos were fine; they were they were good. I was still learning light and learning, you know, how to be creative and all of that. But I had really mastered the art of business and client relationships. So. I had spent a lot of time creating a really solid business plan and a really solid workflow and figuring out how I wanted my clients to feel after their interactions with me. So that was definitely probably what, you know, gave me more referrals from clients and really boosted my business in the beginning. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers, Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website. Customize everything from the look and feel to settings and products. All optimized for mobile right out of the box with built-in search engine optimization. You can showcase your work, your blog, or publish content, announce a special project, even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. Then use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade, ever. Though, if you do have a question, Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 customer support is there to help. Keep dreaming, but make it a reality with a website from Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com slash improve for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code improve to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash improve. Offer code improve. Okay, and what about today? What would you say you're known for today? Other than being an awesome hostess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, other than that, um, (laughs) I think if I'm thinking about not podcasting and not education and I'm thinking strictly about you know, yeah, my work and how I'm recognized just with within the Columbus wedding scene. Uh, A lot of people 
recognized me for my my use of light and my use of, of bold imagery. So, you know, there's a lot of, of different types of photography and styles of photography. There's, you know, the light and airy or the bright and airy, and there's the dark and moody and all of that. So I, I'm a kind of a right in between that where I, I have some nice light, I have some nice mood and nice shadows. Uh, so people really recognize that in my photos, even clients or potential clients that I'm working with that don't know, you know, all the photography lingo and the terminology, they can describe that just by looking at my photos. So so for me, I think it's my style and my mix of, of light and shadow that I'm known for right now. Okay. And what do you hope to be known for in the future? Well, my hopes and dreams. Um, I would love to be known for photographing epic adventurous weddings around the world i want people to hire me for elopements and adventure weddings i want to travel around the world with my clients and do cool stuff climb mountains with them and and uh that's what i would love to be known for and are you doing anything to try to make that happen yeah i do probably about i see i this year i have five weddings out of my 15 or so that I have right now. Five of them are, are elopements or adventure weddings. Um, and I do a lot of, I'm doing a lot of work right now on my website. I'm building a new website and it's going to be very much focused on those types of weddings instead of the traditional like Columbus get married and the church or the park or whatever type of weddings. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's happening. Awesome. Good job. Keep it up. We'll have to figure out ways to support you. I'm already married, but maybe we'll renew our vows again yes. somewhere. We'll, <laughs> somewhere we'll, really epic. There you go. There go back you go. to China. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Cincinnati. Give you a little <laughs> trip in state. Uh, actually, I was born and raised in Cincinnati, so that's not super exciting for me. But I mean, I That's do why it. it's a I'm joke. <laughs> All right, Connor, what about you? What were you known for when you first began? Oh, man. Um, well, just like Erica, I was not known. Um, I, honestly, I think that the first, let me think now, probably the first five or six years that I was shooting, nobody knew me for, for any particular thing. Um, I, I always liked shooting with people, um, but it was just kind of like, oh, Connor, is a guy with a camera who can take decent photos. So people would occasionally ask me to take their photo for this, that, or the other reason, or I'd kind of go out and try and do a little bit of landscape, but I was never really super serious about it. Um, and yeah, I, I think that I was, um, it took me a long time to feel comfortable in the idea of committing, um, committing my efforts to a specific area. Um, so I was just kind of known as eh, Connor, a guy with a camera. Um, <laughs> As far as what I'm known for today, I think that that's gonna vary. That's gonna vary a bit uh, because I think that as far as clients and people that I work for locally here, um, the word of mouth is never um, specifically the portraiture that I post. It's usually just like this guy knows photography really well and he can kind of execute on a little bit of whatever you need. Um, and that's a lot of the paid work that I get is I, I it usually has to do with people. Um, but it, it's just being a really solid, um, hardworking photographer who really, I, I, I bust my hump anytime I'm on any kind of job site. Um, as far as the photography community, I think that I'm probably more known for my lighting and specifically 
at least as it is right now, this kind of dark gray portrait that I do that I, I hope has kind of a painterly effect. That's the look that I'm kind of going for with it. Um, but I kind of post this same look over and over and I have been for a little bit over a year now. And I think that I'm, I've started to build a solid brand for doing that kind of look. That's good. Um, and what about in yeah. the future? Oh man, I'm dreading this now. Um, as far as things that I want to be known for in the future, I, I really want to just establish myself even more as um, a really a, a high-end photographer. So I, I would like to get more um, commercial and business style work. Um, as far as my clients go, I, I want to be even better known for being able to execute on a little bit of whatever. Um, I, I hope that more of the portrait side and the lighting side um, bleeds over into my client interactions instead of them just saying, hey, can you do this? And I say, yeah, okay, I'm going to bring in lighting. And they go, oh, okay, if that's the way you do it, then that's the way you do it. I'd rather have people come to me and say, hey, like we want you because you're really good at lighting and this is the a job that needs that. Um, as far as in the... the community I, it's hard i i really want to be known as a good educator and somebody who's always willing to help and um i know that that we weren't necessarily specifically talking about podcasting but i i really part of the thing that i love about photography is helping other people with photography um so i really hope that i can establish myself even more as somebody that is always here to help and wanting to do my best to make sure other people um, become better photographers. Mm. And you do it well. Anyone that's been to any of your workshops, I think, uh, would uh, agree to that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, I, especially people that have worked with me in person, I feel like um, that is a sentiment that oftentimes is expressed. But um, I, I, yeah, I, I want to just um, proliferate that even more and get the word out that I'm a good helper teacher person. <laughs> he's he's a good helper teacher person. If you if you and want I'm, a good I'm a little helper teacher person, I lose your guy. Thought. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess when I was asking the question what were you known for? I didn't mean it in a way like, oh, this person is known like everybody knows you. It's more of, yeah. you know, if you asked any of your clients or friends who you've taken photos for at the time, how would they describe your work? I guess maybe that's more of, of how I should have led that question. Yeah. Um, which for me, I would say, you know, I was just learning and obviously, and had no clue how to do anything on the camera. So for me, one of the first things I did that I learned about was just having a different perspective. So a lot of my photos just had unique, different angles than the way we see things every day. You know, I, when doing family shoots, I was always found like climbing on top of something, shooting down, or I was laying down on the ground or held the camera down to the ground, pointing up at, at the kids or the people. So I, I think that's kind of one of the first ways I would have described my photos, but I was in it anything. I would try everything. I, I love sports. I've got a daughter and three boys, and most of them are active in sports, so I enjoy shooting those as well back then. And and I think leading into today, I almost feel a guilt as if I should have some type of specialty. You know, I hear a lot in the photography community about, oh, you know, you only need to, you need to advertise yourself 
you know, just one way. If you just want to do weddings, only wedding pictures should be on your site. If you want to do only portraits, only portraits. And my problem today is, you know, 10 years later after picking up the camera, I still enjoy shooting everything. I, I like the variety. I feel that shooting the variety helps me to become better at everything. You know, shooting sports helps me to become better at shooting portraits and shooting landscapes helps me to become better at shooting weddings. And I just feel that they're, they're all kind of mixed together. Uh, yeah. In addition, I love to teach as well and I love to help people and I love to travel. So I think if you were to ask others around me what I'm known for who aren't really familiar with me, you know, it, it would depend on who you're asking. Some people would say, oh, he's a travel photographer who's traveling all these places and doing a bunch of photos. You know, some people would be like, oh, he's a wedding photographer. Or some people say, oh, he's an NFL photographer because that's a passion of mine and I love to shoot that. But when I think about the future and what I hope to do, like not really much different from today. Like I wish I could travel more uh, and would like to shoot more sports. I'm you know, creating a portfolio from the NFL games that I get to do. But like I don't feel that there's a lot of change in my patterns, which is kind of why I was curious as how you guys would answer that. Yeah, you know, um, especially when talking about the need for a specialty, um, I think that you're you're a fantastic example of a person that it doesn't make sense to have a specialty if you're not trying to make it your business. Um, I, I think have understanding your strengths and weaknesses and um, maybe things that you prefer to do is um, I, I think that that's really important. But at, at the same time, I went really hard into portraiture and really boxed myself in with that to the extent that now like there's some things that maybe I kind of wish that I did more of um and and sometimes I it almost it tinges things with just a little bit of regret that I didn't um didn't move into other areas or maybe just stay more of a jack of all trades. I think that it's really helped me as a business person. I think that um, doing that has allowed me to go full time in photography. Um, but I also, when I was first learning, I heard a lot of people saying that you had to specialize and I was just learning. And yet I, I was like, okay, well then I guess I'll do portraits because I enjoy that. Um, and at the time it wasn't a business. There was no real reason for me to specialize in that thing. And I think that that ultimately has hurt me in certain ways. Um, even though sure it has helped me in others. And I think that, um, I want to hear more people in the, um, overall community talk about the fact that, uh, you know, it's okay to not specialize if you're not trying to make this your business, you, you're allowed to just enjoy photography. Mm -hmm. And if you just enjoy photography and you want to keep doing that, um, keep being a jack of all trades, keep doing a little bit of everything. And I think that, um, you being a teacher, you've expressed a, a love for doing that. So I, I think that you not having a specialty is actually a great strength. Well, I think so for now, but eventually I, I don't see myself really ever retiring in life. i I feel I'm a worker, so I'm always going to be working, but eventually yeah. I do know that I don't want to always be in the school classroom, the education area, 
and I would love to be more in the photography area. And so I need to sit there and think, okay, well, what's my plan for that? Because I do enjoy so many different things and it is providing, it's providing an income to keep my wife at home, which has been great. But eventually I need to, I think I feel like I need to focus eventually. Yeah. So I I would say that if you're ever looking to make it a business, it's pun intended with the focus (laughs) thing. Oh, focus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it, yeah, so I, I think if you if you intend to make it a business, focusing is a great thing. But I think in the meantime, um, if if that's not the intent, then there's no reason to specifically pick one thing over another. And maybe Erica would disagree with that, but that's well, the way that I feel about no, it. No, I, I I agree with that for the most part. I mean, I think it's not so much about you know why the question is why can't you do all these things and and for me the answer is you as one person don't have enough energy time whatever to dedicate to 10 different genres of photography and make those all of those genres really successful so for me the reason why I think specializing is so important is just because there's not enough time to develop essentially 10 different businesses a family business and a wedding business and a headshot business or whatever because you do have to focus on each of those things individually, almost like they're each separate businesses because you have to market to different people. You have to set up your, your workflow to, you know, for different types of photography. So I, when I'm looking at people who do a lot of different things and to be honest, I do a lot of different things. I have Erica K, which is wedding and engagement specific. And then I have UA creative, which we do a lot of, of corporate stuff and, and marketing campaigns for businesses, both photo and video. So, there's a lot of different things happening in my world, but I can compartmentalize that because I have people who are helping me develop each of those businesses. It's not just me trying to do all these things. Otherwise, all these businesses would fail because there's not enough time or energy to do that. So if you have people helping you, then by all means, you know, shoot as much as you want. Shoot as many different things as you want. But if it's just a one-man show, it's, it's just kind of impossible to be able to do that. Yeah. And I, I think it also, it matters to consider what your end goal is. Um, if you're doing whatever you're doing in photography, just because you really like the, the hobby of doing photography because it's fun, um, then it's a little more okay to be less focused on any particular area. If your goal is to make a business out of it or to even as a hobby, just master a certain thing, you're going to have a really hard time doing that when you spread yourself thin by having a bunch of different things to focus on. Um, and, and that's one way in which, I mean, I would say I'm a significantly better portrait photographer when since I buckled down and focused specifically on that versus when I was shooting a little bit of everything. Yeah, um, sure. And it's because I dedicated all my time and effort to that, which it really kind of takes dedicating a heck of a lot of time to one thing that you really like mm-hmm. um, to get really good at it. Not saying I'm really good at it, but I'm a lot better than I would be otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I think something that you mentioned, Erica, that I really enjoyed hearing was about having the people with you to help you through things. I I do feel, again, that relationships are extremely important and that goes along as well with photographers and having a community of photographers that will support each other and help each other. And not just photography, you know, when you're involved in some of the portraits that Connor, you do having somebody for the hair and makeup and all that, but just having a team to work with. I feel is helpful. Yeah. And you guys were a great 
team for today's episode. Uh, thanks everybody for just reflecting with us and kind of listening to us just share some of our thoughts. And we like to end each episode with the doodads of the week. So Erica, what do you have for us? My doodad is Cinefoil. Have you guys heard of that? Either one of you? I, I've heard of it. I've actually never owned any myself. Okay. So Cinefoil is a foil, essentially. Uh, not, yeah. You know, not like the foil that you use to wrap up your leftovers, but it's similar. So it is a black matte non-reflective foil and it's it's thicker than just the aluminum foil that you have in your kitchen drawer Uh, but it's still you know it's foil so you can move it you can flex it you can bend it and what it's super useful for is controlling light and soaking up light so i have a box of it it looks like aluminum foil in the box it even has the little strip of (laughs) stuff that you rip off the foil with but you use it you, you kind of wrap it around your flash or your your strobe, whatever you're using, and you can form it to be almost like a barn door or um, a, you know, any sort of modifier that you want. It, well, direction type of modifier, yeah. not like soften the light type of modifier because it soaks up the light. It is not a good diffuser. Um, but I use it a lot to just be able to control the light so I can use it as a flag to kind of prevent any sort of light spill. I can use it as barn doors to really direct the light. And it's just really nice to have on hand uh, if you don't want to take the time to, or even the muscle to lug around all of your equipment. You can just take your box of, of Cinefoil and be able to use it to direct the light a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I've definitely, I've never owned it because it's always just hard for me to justify spending um, the money for a roll of Cinefoil when I feel like I can probably DIY other stuff around me. Um, one one thing that's really nice about that, though, which now you're making me can reconsider my decision to not buy any and maybe get some, is um, it's also heat resistant, which I've definitely used... Um, like poster boards, black poster boards to flag stuff off and getting that really close to hot constant lights um, or the, the the modeling lights on my strobes. Um, I've had some instances where they got a little smoky, not, not <laughs> catching on fire, but just like, hmm, it's smelling like firewood. Something is burning a little bit in my studio right now. Right. So that's one, one instance where I could definitely see that being a huge advantage. Yeah. And, and here's um, the thing, like you, you can DIY all, all day long. I used to DIY uh, before opening the studio and it, there becomes a point when, you know, for example, here at the studio, we're we have jobs that pay us like tens of thousands of dollars. So it, I can't really like DIY on a shoot with somebody who's paying me $40,000. I've got, you know, it's got to look a little uh, more professional than that. So that's why I really like the Cinefoil. I don't use it at weddings. I don't use it, you know, even just here around the studio, I use it only for high paying gigs because it is kind of expensive. Um, Otherwise I'm DIYing stuff all day. So there is absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, that's good. Connor, what about you? Um, so, so my doodad is the YN216. It's a an LED light that's made by Yongnuo um, that uh, runs about $60. I actually recently bought a couple of these um, just because I'm doing more and more video work. And um, I've 
I actually own a larger um, LED light panel that has multicolor temperature um, control that's nice, but a bit cumbersome sometimes and doesn't really provide that much brighter of a light or that much softer of a light. It's, it's slightly softer than what, what these guys are. Um, but th these two sixteens there, um, it's 216 led bulbs gets super bright and they're, they're kind of nice. They, they fit pretty much anywhere that I need them to go. And, um, they're relatively inexpensive for $60 versus buying a panel for 200. Um, you know, I can buy multiple lights that'll go in different areas, um, that are sufficiently bright enough for me to shoot most anything, um, for a video. So that's the, the YN216 LED lights that I like a lot. Yeah. I just put one in my cart. How many of them do you have? Um, I, I have two of them right now. I'm thinking I'll probably buy another two, um, to just, usually I'm not doing much more than, uh, three-point lighting, but just in case, it's nice to have um, a little extra power in case you need to put two, you know, double up in an area or anything like that. Um, they're, they're also not just an on-off control. Like You have multiple um, brightness or brightness and darkness that you can either do a coarse adjustment or a fine adjustment with, nice. um, and they make them in two different variations. They have one that's um, just daylight balanced, and they have one that's kind of the, the half warm tone, half cool tone um, split, and I I bought two of them. I bought two from the same cart and I got one of each. So I don't I think that Amazon has them just kind of mixed up in, <laughs> all in the same batch. Um, but it, either way, the, the, the warm versus cool ver version of it, it isn't so out of whack that I couldn't use both of them and have pretty balanced light altogether. Mm. Good. Good. Yeah. I just ordered one of those. So, well, all right, put, <laughs> put one in my cart. Cause I, I feel like that could be handy for me and what I'm playing with now in the future. Yeah. It's, it's a nice thing to have and not terribly expensive to have one. Right. Right. All right. Well, dealing with the topic of reflections, uh, when I first started learning photography, I took a class on how to shoot in manual mode and had no clue what I was doing. And that class didn't help, help me at all. But one of the resources that did help me was uh, Scott Kelby and some of the books he's written to where it's as if you got somebody there with you. And uh, it just helped me kind of just in the beginning stages of, of my photography. And so my do data is a book. It's the best of digital photography, his book series. So this is like the one that's the best of all his books. And I just find it helpful for uh, beginning photographers. I have purchased a, a few of these books and I give them to some of my students as prizes uh, when I'm doing uh, teaching some photography workshops and so it, it just is a resource that has been helpful to me because it's very simple and it's easy to understand yeah, so, yeah. all right well thank you uh, Erica and thank you Connor for joining me yeah, of, of course. course. Thanks, Brian. This is awesome. This, this has been fun. And uh, listeners, hopefully you guys will join me over at Thoughts on Photography. That will be coming back out here eventually in the near future. Uh, until then, thanks for listening to the Improved Photography Podcast. And we will look forward to being with you guys next time.